hear the surf music, you'll look at your podcast player and see the cover art with a monster on it, you know it's time for Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. That surf music I mentioned a second ago, that is the song Clickety Snarl Snar. It's from the band The Men in Gray Suits. They're a surf band based out of Montreal, Quebec. And this is from their album, Panic at the Pier. You can find it at themeningraysuits.bandcamp.com or just follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. That's our website where you're going to find everything you need to know about this podcast and this episode, which happens to be the Monster Kid Radio 2017 Holiday Gift Guide. I want to welcome you to the show, and I'm excited to get into this. I did not do a gift guide last year. I wanted to, but just, you know, real life got in the way. Well, real life, I'm the boss of you. I'm doing a gift guide this year, and I've got a lot of things that have come out this year that I think the monster kids in your life are going to enjoy. We're going to go through this list, and I'm going to tell you where you can find all of these things. And because it's technically not even December 1st yet, there's plenty of time for you to hook up the monster kid in your life. Before we get to all of that, though, we have some feedback. I have an email from listener of the show, friend of the show, Dominique Lanzies. She starts, well, you discussed a Peter Cushing movie last week, so I had to write in to say something. She's referring to last week's episode where we talked about the movie The Creeping Flesh with special guest Dan Day Jr. Her email continues, I love The Creeping Flesh and could not agree more about Peter Cushing and Sir Christopher just looking right in period clothes. Dracula AD 1972 weirded me out a little when I first saw it for that reason. But since I tend to overthink things, what sticks out in my mind is the way it viewed mental illness. At the time period and even into the 70s when the movie was made, no one really tried to understand where mental illness came from. It was just something bad that ruined people's reputations. That ties into the point you and Dan made about the skeleton not being evil. You were speaking in Lovecraftian terms, but I think it applies in terms of mental illness as well. People view it as evil and try to eradicate it like the people who have it are bad people, but they're not. It's something that happens to them that they have no control over, and it can ruin lives, but only if you treat it as the people in the movie did, something that is to be repressed, ignored, or destroyed, even if it takes the sufferer with it. But as I was thinking all that through, something else occurred to me. Emmanuel's wife was insane, and we see examples of her insanity. What examples do we have? Well, she was a famous dancer who refused to give up her life in the limelight when she was married. She did whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted. Emmanuel knew she was like this, and even seemed to love her because of it. But when he married her, as all men until recently did, he expected her to turn away from it all and be a mousy little housewife. In short, Emmanuel married her because she acted like a man, but expected her to stop acting like a man once the ring was on her finger. What he was protecting Penelope from was experience, the chance that she would go out into the world and enjoy the things it had to offer like her mother had, and no longer be willing to go home and keep house like she was meant to. This isn't insanity. It's not conforming to societal standards, but it is something you could have a woman committed for back in the day. I also think it's very pointed when Penelope goes down to one of the dives in her mother's dress and a man just assumes he can have his way with her, tries to assault her and she fights back. Everyone decides she really needs to be stopped because she's gone off the deep end. There's a minimal amount of, well, maybe you should have kept your hands to yourself at the guy who attacked her and a lot of stop that crazy woman at Penelope. But again, I read into things too much. I do think this film is Lovecraftian, most 
Definitely. The first time I saw it, when the camera focused in on the painting, I thought the movie was going to be a version of Pickman's model for a few minutes. But I do have to disagree a little with Dan. For my money, Freddie Francis's best movie as director was Paranoiac. The camera angles alone add an indescribable amount to that movie. Keep up the good work, Derek. And you need to discuss more Peter Cushing movies. Dominique, thank you for writing in. Now, there are a couple of sentences in her email that I skipped over. I'm going to get to those here in a second. I wanted to address what she had to say about last week's movie in The Creeping Flesh. I really enjoyed that film. The more I think about it, man, it's it's a good one. It's a solid little Peter Cushing movie. Cushing and Lee, of course, spark. But there's just something about Cushing's performance in that that I found riveting and moving. Really enjoyed that film. And big thanks to Dan for bringing it up and bringing it to the Monster Kid radio table. It's typically something that I probably would have shied away from at the beginning of producing Monster Kid Radio since it's a movie from the 70s. And I had this kind of arbitrary 1968 and before kind of thing going on with the movies that I wanted to talk about. But as I branch out into some of the movies from the 70s, I'm finding some winners. And this is one of them. It's such a great film. Listeners, if you haven't seen The Creeping Flesh, you're missing out. All this talk about Lovecraft, I know sometimes that can be a turnoff because you might not know Lovecraft. Well, don't shy away from this film just because of that. If, if you're not a Lovecraft fan, that's fine. There's so much more going on here. It's just a really good production. And yeah, all the stuff about mental illness, I mean, fascinating, especially with what we know now. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I've talked about this openly on Facebook. I, I suffer from depression. And it is a thing and it's not just, you know, I got to go to a place and get over it or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate issue and a concern that I have with my own mental health. And I know I'm not alone in that. So to see how mental illness was viewed in some of these films, it adds an extra level of terror. And <laughs> for me personally, on, on a personal level, I don't think you're reading into things too much here. I think it's really interesting. That's another thing that I love about these movies is that you can look at them and look at when they were produced and you get this time capsule-like documentary view on what society felt about certain issues, health concerns, politics, whatever it is. You can see these in these movies if you look hard enough. And I find that fascinating. Really appreciate your email. And if you want to be cool like Dominique, email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Now, like I said, there was a bit in the email that I skipped over. This is what she said. Since you're doing your holiday gift guide this week, I thought I'd mention that, should any of your listeners be interested, I will have a limited amount of my plush tinglers made and ready to ship this weekend. Anyone interested should keep an eye on the Monster Kid Radio Facebook group. I'll be posting pictures and information there. Dominique makes these incredible tinglers. They're, they're plush. They're stuffed tinglers. They're very cool. They're very lightweight. They're a good size and she even puts alligator clips on some of the tentacles so you can clip it to your back so you can have a tingler on your back like they do in the film it's very cool very soft i actually had to put mine up on the top shelf of my bookshelf that my cat does not climb up onto because i have a feeling wednesday would go to town with it and turn it into a cat toy i mean it's it's that soft and, and fun to hold and yeah i, I just said a tingler's fun to hold anyway when she started making some of these for some people including myself I asked her if she wanted to be included in the holiday gift guide and it looks like she will be able to at least produce some, I mean, be a limited quantities kind of thing. So again, check out the Facebook group, join up if you're not already a member and you can check out Dominique's Tingler and find out how you can buy one for yourself. In fact, I'm going to post a picture of the Tingler that she gave me at monsterkidradio.net so you can see one for yourself before she even starts posting on Facebook. Okay, so this is 
the holiday gift guide episode. I had one more email and I'd like to read that email now before we get into the bulk of this episode. This came from Micah Harris. He writes, I cannot recommend highly enough Frank J. Delostrito's A Werewolf Remembers the Testament of Lawrence Stewart Talbot. This is a bit pricey, but it is a thick book with high production values, and it's excellently written by Mr. Strito. As the title suggests, it's Larry Talbot's memoir with editorial commentary, quote-unquote, by Frank. Basically, he gives us a prequel to The Wolfman and then retells the Universal series of Wolfman movies from Talbot's point of view, with his thoughts and reflections on the situations that you couldn't get from the movies themselves. He ties them all together, and his use of photos, sometimes featuring Golden Age horror movie actors in their signature roles, sometimes recasting them back into those roles using pictures taken from other movies they were in, there are some candid shots of Alona Massey without makeup looking upset that he presents as Elsa Frankenstein's distraught countenance right after the climactic events of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I don't know where he got these, but Miss Massey looks really upset for real. It adds a real sense of verisimilitude to the story. He also especially gives us a sense of the Wolfman's presence inside Larry, how it's lurking in his head almost all the time wanting out, and he summons a real sense of looming, totally feral evil in these passages. Frank makes the Wolfman really scary again. All in all, this book is a great gift to Monster Kid fans. It is a numbered limited edition of 1,000, so get a copy while you can. If there's a classic monster fan in your life with whom you're in love by this book, along with the Wolfman Legacy set as a combo package, and you should spend some happy time under the mistletoe with him or her afterwards, if you can get Herman and Lily Munster to move over. I can hardly imagine a happier way to spend Christmas than watching the Wolfman series at a marathon and then reading Frank's book into the hush of the night afterward as the tree twinkles nearby in the dark. You might want to keep some tinsel near. Silver. You know. All the best. Micah. Okay. Uh, I gotta say. The rest of this gift guide episode is not going to be written as eloquently as Micah put it. Micah is an author, after all. And while I do fancy myself as a writer as well, I think Micah really takes the presentation points here. This is good stuff. And he's absolutely right. I cannot agree with him more. Actually, I can, because I also love this book. It's got the Monster Kid Radio seal of approval, which is actually going to be a real thing next year. I cannot recommend this book enough. Where can you get it? Well, Frank's books are available on Amazon, so you can go over there and just look up A Werewolf Remembers. Or you can go straight to the Cult Movies Press website, which is at cultmoviespress.com, and order the book there. The book runs 30 bucks for $29.99 from the Cult Movies Press website. It is hardback. It is gorgeous. It is a very well put together book. And I know that we're in the day and age of eBooks and Kindle and audiobooks and Audible and all that. And while I take advantage of all of these technologies when it comes to consuming my book media, there's something about holding an honest to goodness, well-produced tome in your hand. And that's exactly what this is. Although it's not too heavy. Although if you swing it hard enough, you could probably fend off a werewolf or two. And maybe, maybe thanks for making that suggestion, Micah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you enjoyed that book as much as I did. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play some trailers like I want to do here on the show, and then we're going to be right back with the 2017 Monster Kid Radio Holiday Gift Guide. Welcome to the crypt. You are invited on a guided tour of a world of darkness where nightmares become reality. 
Death lives. Death lives in Tales from the Crypt. The Vault of Horror is about to open. You will learn its terrifying secrets if you dare. Tales from the Crypt from Cinerama Releasing. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Some material may be unsuitable for pre-teenagers. It's like living a storybook adventure beyond your wildest imagination. From the North Pole of Fantasyland comes a feature-length fable with the most enchanting characters in the whole wide world. Headed by the white-whiskered fellow who's the granddaddy of them all. Now, a magic motion picture transports you to an over-the-rainbow land, past the doors of Santa's towering castle, and the strange, mysterious, all-seeing eyes, into a fantastic crystal laboratory filled with weird and wonderful secrets no one has ever seen before. You'll see them all, and you'll discover how Santa can watch every child on Earth and every good or bad thing they do. Now meet Merlin, the Wizard of Wizards, the Miracle Man of the Ages. Two for the show, away we go. Hurry, Mr. Merlin, this is no time to play horses. Come face to face with the devil himself, a mischievous demon determined to mess things up as much as he can. It's yours. Nobody saw you take it, Lupita. They have more and they won't miss it. What does one little doll matter, don't you see? Leave it to that devilish trickster to sidetrack Santa up a tree. Watch the jolly hijinks of Santa Claus as he decides to fight fire with fire. Oh-ho, a cannon. You won't want to miss the entertainment wonder of the ages. The treat of a lifetime for anyone who has ever believed there really is a Santa Claus. Almost day, and then the clock hasn't come. Sleep now, darling. Sleep now, and you will see. Maybe when you wake up, you'll find it, darling. You'll see more wonders than you can wave a wand at as a dazzling panorama unfolds before your startled eyes. Sunday matinee only at a theater near you. Before we get into any specific items, I want to make some general suggestions overall. It seems that as the years go by, as technology becomes easier to get a hold of and cheaper to produce, prices for a multi-region Blu-ray player continue to drop. I would highly recommend a multi-region Blu-ray player. In my experience, multi-region Blu-ray players also serve as region-free DVD players, so you're getting two for one here. There are so many movies being released around the world that we can't get here in the States. 
I know I have listeners outside of North America, but there are other regions, Region B and so on, that have released Blu-rays or, in the case of DVDs, Regions 2, 3, 4, I think it goes up to Region 9, DVDs that can't be played in American Blu-ray or DVD players without modification. Well, these days you can find a multi-region Blu-ray player that's already been modified. You don't have to do a lot of the legwork yourself relatively affordably. I mean, less than $100, if that, that's probably pushing it. I have a multi-region Blu-ray player now. I haven't had to go shopping for one in quite some time, but I know there are a number of excellent ones on the market. Practice a little Google Foo, and I'm sure you'll find one that meets your budget and your needs, or at least the needs for the monster kid in your life. Later in this gift guide, I will be mentioning some Blu-rays that have not had releases here in North America. So the only way you're going to be able to see some of these things is if you have a multi-region Blu-ray player. So that would be at the top of this broad suggestion section of the gift guide. Next, I would recommend you check out the Facebook page for That's Terry Riffic. That's that spelled out. Terry, T-E-R-R-I, and then a dash, I-F-I-C. This is the Facebook page for Terry Mount, who's been on the show because I met her at Monster Bash and recorded with her there. She is a friend of the show, a supporter of Monster Kid Radio, and she's one heck of a craftsperson creating amazing shirts and bags and things that, as a Monster Kid, you could wear and use. She gifted me with a messenger bag and it's held up really well. It holds everything I needed to hold when I go to a convention. I've used it repeatedly when I went to the Lovecraft Film Festival. When I go to Rose City Comic Con, that's my bag. That's what I use to carry my recorder and all of my equipment. It's wonderful. It's well made. And it's held up recently to the rains here in Portland because I had it with me when I went to go see Psycho last weekend with Chris McMillan. It got rained on. It got wet, but everything inside survived the walk from bus stop to theater to bus stop again. It's a great bag, but she also makes shirts up to size 4X. These are Hawaiian-style shirts made with the most awesome of monster fabrics. She's got a collection of monster and sci-fi-themed fabric. She may even still have some comic book-themed and geek-themed fabric right now, although she's starting to move her business more toward the horror and monster side of things. Check out her Facebook page. She's got photos there of the kinds of products that she makes, the fabrics that she makes. I asked her for some information about her pricing, and this is what she gave me. Messenger bags are $50. They're fully adjustable and washable and will hold about 50 pounds and a 17-inch laptop. It fits very nicely. Plus, there are two pockets inside that coordinate with the theme on the front. The shirts, size small to XL, are $55. 2X and 3X are $65, and 4X are $70. They're also washable and made with high-quality cotton blends. She also makes crossbody bags, and they're $25. Each comes with multiple pockets and a matching zippered coin bag inside. Like the messenger bags, they too are adjustable and washable. She also sells aprons for $20, adjustable and washable, plus they feature two pockets on the front. And she did tell me that her personal favorite designs involve zombies because you can't have a barbecue without a zombie. Now, the nice thing about the apron is that the back ties are 72 inches long, so the aprons will fit anyone. Now, she does make bow ties. They're $7 a piece, but they are not washable. They are pre-tied. You just clip and go. Again, check out That's Terry Ific on Facebook. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. Check it out. Let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. She does ship everything flat rate. Shipping runs about $6 per item. And check this out. Not including shipping costs. When you contact her to place your order, 
mention that you heard about that's Terry Riffick on Monster Kid Radio, and she will give you 10% off your order. Get a hold of her on Facebook. Let her know what you're looking for. She'll match some fabrics to meet your needs and create some amazing one-of-a-kind products that you can give the Monster Kid in your life for the holidays. Now, I know I live in an area in which I get spoiled. As a Monster Kid, I have movie theaters around me showing things. I've got museums bringing in Psycho for crying out loud. I've got the Joy Cinema running Scarathon during Halloween. We also have a shop here in town called Dr. Tongue's I Had That Shop. It's a vintage toy store. Now, you can buy a gift certificate for the store over at drtongtoys.com, but you don't have to be local to check out their wares because they have a shop online. In fact, I'm looking at it right now, and there's plenty of things on here that as a monster kid, I'd love to have in my stocking on Christmas morning. For example, I'm seeing a Universal Monsters Frightening Facts Fun Book. Monster paper dolls, brand new, unopened. It's got paper dolls of Frankenstein and the Bride and the Wolfman. You can cut them out and, you know, dress them up, that sort of thing. Something I'd want, actually. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, they have Monster Fink vending machine rings. I'm looking at one of Frankenstein's Monster and the Wolfman right now. They have Star Wars. They have Star Trek. They have monstrous sci-fi movie, television, seasonal material, advertising. You know, the last time I was there, I actually picked up a Japanese program for one of the Planet of the Apes movies. They got it all. And like I said, you can get a gift card as well. They sell gift cards. It looks like they sell for $20 a piece. So you got $20 increments here. Again, it's drtongtoys.com. Check out the link in the show notes. I feel like I probably mentioned this on the gift guide that I did a couple of years ago. I'm going to mention it again. There are still monster magazines in print. You might not find them at the bookstore. You might not find them on your newspaper rack, but they're out there. If you look hard enough, typically on the internet, Scary Monsters Magazine, Monster Bash, Mad Scientist Magazine, G-Fan. There's so many magazines out there still producing quality monster kid content Picking up an issue or two of these, roll them up, put a bow on them, stick them in somebody's Christmas stocking, you're good to go. Some of them offer subscriptions like G-Fan or Scary Monsters. That's a gift that'll keep on giving all year round. So Monster Movie Magazines, definitely recommended. And since magazines are something you read, why don't we go ahead and transition into something else you read? Books. I've got so many books on the gift guide this year. I hope I don't bore you to death because there's some excellent literature out there right now. Micah mentioned Frank's book, A Werewolf Remembers. You can't go wrong with that. But there are so many other wonderful nonfiction and fiction tomes out there to add to your bookshelf. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, the monster kit you're shopping for. Let's just start breaking it down here. McFarland. They put out a book this year called Universal Terrors, 1951 to 1955, eight classic horror and science fiction films. It's written by Tom Weaver with David Schechter, Robert J. Kiss, and Steve Cronenberg. This is quite the book. It's a paperback book, although it's dense enough that it easily could have been a hardback. This is pretty much a sequel to the book Universal Horrors that was released in 2007 by McFarland, and it takes a look at eight of Universal's later entries into the horror and sci-fi genre. We're talking about movies like The Strange Door, The Black Castle, It Came From Outer Space, Creature from the Black Lagoon, This Island Earth, Revenge of the Creature, Cult of the Cobra, and Tarantula. Okay, we have a serious look at a movie like Cult of the Cobra, which I personally find to be a fascinating film. It's really, really good, but it's not one you think of when you think about Universal 1950s sci-fi, is it? 
The Strange Door, The Black Castle, where else are you going to get a good scholarly approach to movies like this? This book is something that came out earlier this year. McFarlane does phenomenal work. They produced an excellent book here. Check it out. That's nonfiction. I want to go to some fiction that if you've listened to the show this year at all, especially the Monster Bash coverage, you've already heard a little bit about this book. I'm talking about Memoirs of Murder, a prequel to the 1932 classic White Zombie by Brad A. Braddock. Memoirs of Murder is exactly what it sounds like. It is a look at the character of Murder, Legendre, played by Bela Lugosi in White Zombie. Before the events, how did he come to power before our heroes get to the island in the film itself. This book tells us how it happened, and it's written so well you can hear Bela delivering the lines. Author Brad A. Braddock really pulled off Lugosi's character in his action, in his movement, in his thoughts. Big fan of this book. It's the Monster Kid Radio seal of approval. The next book you've probably also heard of as well. Heck, I'm just going to play the ad for it right now. How often has this happened to you? You're on your way home after a long day when suddenly tragedy strikes. No human mind could imagine the enormous destructive power of this maddened, killing thing. Professor, there's a big lizard back there and he's heading this way. Now get aboard! It's the kind of thing which can ruin your weekend. To prevent catastrophe, you need the handbook for surviving a giant monster attack. This book features extensively researched methods to help you survive a giant monster event. You'll discover which vehicle you should use for making your escape, which method of counterattack is best for specific types of monsters. Hydrogen weapons, capable of wiping cities, countries off the face of the earth, are completely ineffective against this creature from the skies. And what common mistakes people make while fighting back. So pick up your copy of The Handbook for Surviving a Giant Monster Attack by Anthony Wendell today on Amazon. You can thank us by surviving. Anthony Wendell knows his stuff. He's been a frequent guest of Monster Kid Radio. We're going to have him back on again here in the very near future to talk about some more kaiju films. The man is as close as we're going to get to one of the top kaiju experts that we've had here on the show on a regular basis. I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about, and he's put it all in print in this book. Somebody else who knows what he's talking about and can really capture the voice of a classic monster movie character or person is a book by somebody else who's been on the show, Dwight Kemper's book, The Vampire's Tomb Mystery. Yes, this book originally was published a few years back by a different publishing company, but now it's available through Midnight Marquee. The reason I brought it onto this year's gift guide is because it's a new release from Midnight Marquee this year with a new cover, new trade dress, so it fits in on your bookshelf nicely alongside the two previous novels, Who Framed Boris Karloff, and Bela Lugosi in the House of Doom. Every time I have Dwight on the show, at some point in the conversation, he says, buy my books! And you really should. Dwight is one of the featured authors who contributed an essay to the next book on our list. The book is called Monster Kidding. It's by Michael Leggy. This is a book looking at, well, life as a monster kid growing up. And Michael is also known as the horror host Dr. Shrek. So we have the horror host perspective. We have the person who plays the horror host perspective. We have Dwight in the book. Stephen D. Sullivan's in the book. Got a handful of other guest essays in the book, including one by myself. Monster Kidding is on this year's gift guide, not because of my essay, but because of the rest of the content. I really hope Michael continues to write. Get in now, though, and pick this one up for your favorite Monster Kid this year. 
and we're kind of dancing all over the place. We've had nonfiction. We've had memoirs. We've had fiction. How about a cookbook? How about the B-movie cookbook, the 1950s, from Viona Young-Brown and Nick Brown? Again, I've had them on the show in the past. You might know Nick if you're a listener of the B-movie cast. He's a regular over there. The B-movie cookbook takes movies from the 1950s and pairs an original recipe with them. And there's some awesome photography as well accompanying the dishes. They even thought about people like me, meaning... I'm a vegetarian. So there are a couple of vegetarian dishes in here as well. It's got some really fun artwork featuring Godzilla and the 50-foot woman and Vampira from Planet Nine of Outer Space. And, of course, the Gilman's in there somewhere as well. So that's the next book on our list. And you know what? We're talking about movies. That's what we do here on Monster Kid Radio. And people who hang out with me long enough know that one of my absolute favorite types of monster movies happen to be mummy films. I love me a good mummy movie. And because of that... I was drawn to the book, Egyptomania Goes to the Movies, From Archaeology to Popular Craze to Hollywood Fantasy, by Matthew Conium. I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Wow, this book. You know, I'm not going to do this for every book, but I do want to read you a quick excerpt. What I really wanted as a boy was a book which took these movies seriously. Not obviously in the sense of giving credence to their notion that the Egyptian dead are liable to get up and throttle archaeologists, but which took them seriously as objects of study, and not merely as movies divorced entirely from their historical and intellectual inspirations, but as artifacts. My feeling was that there was a continuity that was intellectually valid here, however remote, and that these films were worth considering not just as fun ways to pass a Saturday afternoon, but as another manifestation of our culture's fascination with the strange twilight beauty of ancient Egyptian civilization, its monuments, its art, and its arcane beliefs and customs. The mummy subgenre of horror, cinema, and fiction may be the illegitimate and highly mischievous offspring of Egyptology, but there is, for all that, something to be gained in studying the two in tandem to see where they threaten reproachment, as well as the more obvious and amusing ways in which they most overtly diverge, and to account for the one in the tributaries of the other. That might make the book sound a little more serious than I suppose I really meant it to be. It is a serious look at some of these films, but it's also a fun read. And I mean, anything that includes a bit about how Sigmund Freud might have been a victim of a mummy's curse in the introduction, it's got my attention. This book is solidly packed with information and photos. And the cover, it's silent film actress Theta Berra as Cleopatra. Unfortunately, the film in its entirety has been lost. There were two prints known to exist, but they were burned in 1937 when there was a fire at Fox Studios. There are some clips that have turned up, but a lot of times the photos are the best you're going to get. And the cover of this book, having the photo of Theda Berra as Cleopatra, it's a striking image. The book has got some striking information. I don't think you can go wrong. I also don't think you can go wrong when you start talking about vampires in a historical context. Well, okay, maybe that sounds a little stuffy. I'm talking about vampires in an alternate history, like the novel Napoleon's Vampire Hunters by longtime friend of the show, Frank Schildener. I want to make something clear. I keep mentioning friends of the show. This person's been on the show. That person's been on the show. Even if they weren't friends of Monster Kid Radio, I'd still highly recommend their works. Napoleon's Vampire Hunters is by the guy who has written two incredible Frankenstein novels, The Quest of Frankenstein and The Triumph of Frankenstein, which is a really unique take on the monster. Napoleon's Vampire Hunters is set in 1804. Napoleon is weeks away from being crowned emperor, but then a great evil returns to Paris. Well, whatever this evil is, it's bad. So Napoleon brings in a vampire hunter. Yeah, 
Vampire Hunter and Exorcist. There's some great action scenes in this book. Frank Schildener, for my money, has become one of the masters of New Pulp. And this book actually has some connections to another piece of fiction written 40 years before Dracula. You'll have to check it out to know what I'm talking about. Now, Frank himself actually sent me a suggestion for the gift guide as well. The book is called The Peasley Papers, a Lovecraftian Chronicle by Peter Rollick. Peter Rollick is the man behind the weird companies, the reanimators and the reanimatrix. He knows his Lovecraft. He knows his weird fiction and he knows his pulp. It's obvious in all of his fiction that he's a true monster kid. If you're a fan of Lovecraft, the name Peasley will ring a bell. But I guarantee you there's nothing but new, exciting fiction in this book. Another subject that I think all monster kids should be familiar with is the Planet of the Apes films. And while I've had a blast talking about the Planet of the Apes movies here on the show with Scott Morris, I want more. I need more Planet of the Apes material in my life. There's books, there's remakes and, and comics, but there's a new anthology edited by Rich Hanley and Jim Beard called Planet of the Apes Tales from the Forbidden Zone. All new short stories. And here's the coolest part. Some of these short stories incorporate material from the live action TV series or even the animated series, or sometimes they're prequels to the film, the first film in the franchise. If you had told me that when we first started doing the Planet of the Apes coverage here on the show that there would be an anthology coming out this year featuring original fiction set in this world, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you, but it's happened. And it's here. I want to get back into the kaiju mode real quick. There is a biography on the gift guide this year. Ashiro Honda, A Life in Film from Godzilla to Kurosawa by Steve Rifle. And Ed, please forgive me for mispronouncing your last name, Godzuziski. I haven't had a chance to read this book yet. In fact, this book is on my own personal wish list. But Dan Day Jr. recommended this. And I've seen it talked about in many kaiju communities online, Facebook and otherwise. Ashiro Honda is a master filmmaker. And while he is known to us as the guy who created Godzilla and kind of was responsible for a lot of that, he's done so much more. And from what I can tell, this book dives into all of it. There's also the book Godzilla FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Monsters by Brian Solomon. I think the title says it all. All That's Left to Know. I mean, over the years, there have been so many books and documentaries and YouTube series and podcasts about kaiju films, about Godzilla. What left is there to uncover? This book takes you on that journey. Something else that's left to uncover are, well, the lost movies in the kaiju subgenre. So check out Big Book of Japanese Giant Monster Movies, The Lost Films by John LeMay. Some of the titles that are mentioned in this book are things like Batman Meets Godzilla, Giant Horde Beast Nazura, Tokyo SOS Godzilla's Suicide Strategy. And of course, Legendary Beast Wolfman versus Godzilla. These are movies that never quite made it into the production. Sometimes they didn't make it very far into pre-production. But these movies and an alternate reality, if they were ever made, oh man, I would love to get my hands, maybe at least on some of the footage. It'd be fun to see some of that, right? I do know there's a little bit of controversy about this book. One of the contributors, I'm not going to dive into that drama. Don't let that drama keep you away from adding this book to your monster kids library. The rest of the book is solid. There were two new releases in the scripts from the crypt collection this year, volumes six and seven Dracula's daughter by Gary D Rhodes, Tom Weaver, Michael Lee and David Colton and Boris Karloff's the veil by Barbara Bibis Montero, Tom Weaver and Dr. Robert J kiss the scripts from the crypt collections. 
they have the scripts from the movies themselves, or in the case of The Veil, scripts from the television series, but they also go into the historical background of these productions, the pre-production, photos, interviews, reflections on the music, reflections on their impact on the genre or on television or the film in general. I can't recommend these books enough. I'm a big fan of what Tom Weaver brings to the table. He's one of the best monster kid, monster movie scholars working today. And his scripts from the Crypt books are must-haves if you're a monster kid. You'd think these days, with all the material that's out there, that every nook and cranny when it comes to these classic monster movies or classic monster characters have been explored. But it's not true. There are still people finding new material to bring to us, like Daniel Best in his book, Australian Gothic, The Untold Story of the 1929-31 to Dracula Stage Tour, Down Under. Dracula was a stage production before it was a film. I mean, obviously it was a novel first, but then there was the play and then it went to the movies. The play appeared all around the world, including in Australia. And as a monster kid here in the U.S., I knew nothing about it until I started checking out this book. There are photos, newspaper clippings. It's a really interesting look and take on Dracula. My Dracula begins with Bela Lugosi, but now it kind of sort of starts down under. Well, just as my Dracula starts with Bela Lugosi, my Van Helsing typically starts with Peter Cushing. And We Belong Dead and Unsung Horrors released a new book this year, a celebration of Peter Cushing. It's 300 pages. It's in full color. It's a large format book. And it's taking a look at so many roles that Peter Cushing made famous or infamous. We've got looks at the Gorgon, Twins of Evil, Horror Express, From Beyond the Grave. There's a foreword by Veronica Carlson and friend of the show and fellow podcaster Jeff Owens even has material in this book. You have to order it from the UK. So if this is something you're going to get for your monster kid this year, you got to jump on it right away to make sure you, the Royal Mail gets it into your mailbox in time. And finally, this was recommended by Anthony Wendell himself, Kong of Skull Island has a comic book series right now. It's inspired by the film that came out earlier this year. It's produced by Boom Studios, and volumes one and two of the trade paperbacks are now available. This art is gorgeous. The story takes place before the film Skull Island takes place, so it's like a prequel. And there's a little bit of sequel material, too. It's a really interesting way that they, they mix the two elements here. It's a great origin story. So if you want to know a little bit more about the Kong that's going to turn up in Legendary's MonsterVerse, this is where you're going to want to go. Like I said, volume one and two are available now. Volume three, I'm sure, will be coming out down the line. You know, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play another trailer. I think I'll play the trailer from the Hammer film Cash on Demand. It's not on the gift guide this year because I don't think it came out on DVD or Blu-ray in a special edition or release of any kind in 2017. But it is a Hammer film that takes place on Christmas Eve. And, you know, tis the season. We'll be back in a moment. We're going to talk about some movies right after this. This is the Habersham branch of the city and colonial bank, in a quiet provincial town where nothing ever happens. But about 10 o'clock on the morning of December the 23rd, as these doors are open for business, the most startling, terrifying two hours of this man's life will commence. I walk into this bank this morning, hand a card over the counter, and immediately I'm shown in here and left alone with Fordyce. I could have stuck a gun in his ribs as soon as the door closed. If I may say so, sir, you don't look much like a gunman. What does a gunman look like? Like this? Don't do anything for us. They'll die if you move or say a word. What is it you want? Just some money. 
get away with it. Unfortunate for your family if I don't. Starring Peter Cushing as the bank manager, the martinet who lives for his work <coughs> and almost dies for it. Andre Morel as Hepburn. His was the moment a thousand thieves had dreamt of. We've been a year setting up this operation. There isn't the smallest detail of your branch which is not known to me. Try to remember, I've only to make one of several prearranged gestures at that window, and your wife would be subjected to the most unbearable torture. Up to now, you've made all the threats. I'll make only one. If anything happens to my family, I'll kill you. I swear I will. Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a serialized monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror films. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and the original chill role-playing game. My goal is to recreate the thrills of the monster versus monster films that we all love. We'll have vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, and scheming madmen. And that's just in the first storyline. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors and other monster stories sent directly to your email for as little as a dollar a month. For just two dollars, you'll get all the chapters in advance, plus bonus stories and other perks. Sign up now at CushingHorrors.com or visit SDSullivan.com for a Patreon link. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again and remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. I'm William Castle, and I feel obligated to warn you about the next attraction you will see at this theater. The picture is The Tingler, which I directed. And for the first time in motion picture history, members of the audience, including you, will actually play a part in the picture. You will feel some of the physical reactions, the shocking sensations experienced by the actors on the screen. I guarantee that The Tingler has more shocks per minute than my last film, The House on Haunted Hill. But don't be alarmed. You can protect yourself. When you see the picture, you will be told and remember the instruction how you can guard yourself from attack by the Tingler. And now may I show you a few scenes from the Tingler? Thank you. 
talk about some home media releases. Now, as with the case with the books, I don't know if you noticed this, but I didn't mention any Kindle specific releases or ebook releases. That's not to say that a lot of the books that I mentioned aren't available as ebooks. In fact, many of them are available as ebooks and really a lot cheaper if you buy them that way. That said, we're talking about giving gifts and, and part of the gift giving thing, at least for me, is the presentation of a wrapped package. I love wrapping presents. This is my absolute favorite part of Christmas outside of, you know, the whole spending time with family thing. Uh, I love wrapping up packages and making them presentations and, and putting in handmade bows and, and ribbon ties. And recently I started experimenting with making little pop-ups that come out when you open up the tag to see who the gift is from and who it's for. It's just something that I love to do. And you really can't wrap an ebook or an e-release or a streamed movie. So that's why I didn't mention any of them. So that's the reason why, for the movie section of the gift guide, we're just talking about DVDs and Blu-ray releases. And even though I talked a lot at the very beginning of all this about getting a multi-region Blu-ray player, most of these releases are actually either all region or region A. There are a few that are region B. So they came from the UK. And I didn't actually make it an official gift guide pick, but if you're dying to get your hands on the giant claw on Blu-ray, you can get it in Germany over on Amazon.de. Anyway, let's talk about these movies. I've got a list here of DVDs and mostly Blu-rays that were released in 2017. I've seen or at least sampled all of these for the most part. A couple of them are actually on my own personal wish list. So I think these are some good picks for the monster kids in your life. Why don't we kick things off by talking about one of the oldest films on this list. And this is the original The Lost World. Yeah, the original movie from 1925. There is a Blu-ray release this year from Flickr Alley. It looks really good. I've never seen this movie in its entirety from start to finish, to be completely honest with you. But the clips that I've seen on the Blu-ray look really nice. It's really slick. Flickr Alley did a bang-up job. Cohen Films also did a bang-up job when they put out their Blu-ray release of The Old Dark House, the original, with Boris Karloff, not the William Castle Hammer Films thing. And you know what? Just because I'm feeling kind of sarcastic, I'll probably play a trailer for that later in the show, the, the Castle one, because it's funny. Anyway, the Boris Karloff, The Old Dark House on Blu-ray. This one I watched on Halloween. I've never seen this movie look as good. It's a great presentation. And to see the complexity of the makeup on Boris Karloff, you know, I'm glad that he got a chance to act outside of the makeup eventually. But man, he knew how to wear somebody else's face really well. And out of context, I know that sounds funny. Anyway, moving on, we have another monster movie. This one, a lot later on, this is Kaltiki, the immortal monster. Arrow Video put it out. It's available in the UK as well as here. Since it's available here, you can get it as a Region A release. I'm not going to talk too much about Kaltiki because, well, you should really watch Kaltiki. It's a great film. And I'm going to have Chris McMillan on the show maybe even next week, to talk about it. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, check it out. And you know what? I'll play a trailer for it right now. Ages ago, in a long-lost part of the world, the Mayans worshipped a terrifying goddess. To her, men offered their strength and their devotion. Women offered the beauty of their bodies. <laughs> Tiki, the immortal monster. Today, courageous adventurers, dedicated scientists of both sexes, begin the exploration of recently discovered caverns buried in the very womb of the earth. Ah! Ah! 
From space beyond space comes force beyond measurement, energizing this monstrous mass of man-eating protoplasm that devours every living thing it touches. When her mate appears in the sky, the power of Kaltiki will destroy the world. You can believe what you like. Kaltiki's been reborn. Anything on this earth stop Cal Tiki, the immortal monster. Ladies and gentlemen, live in a time in which the movie The Screaming Skull has a Blu-ray release. I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why this one has been treated with as much as respect as it has been treated over the past few years. I mean, this used to be one of those movies that turned up on those Mill Creek sets, public domain, murky print, sound wasn't that great. And then recently, people started paying a little bit more attention to it, or at least they found a better print of it and then made a nicer transfer of it. Now you can get it on Blu-ray. You can also get the movie The Vampire on Blu-ray. This is a movie from the 1950s. It's not your traditional vampire movie. It actually kind of mixes a little bit of that mad scientist vibe into the mix. Another really interesting movie. I've not talked about that movie properly on Monster Kid Radio, but I really want to. It's actually one of my favorite films. Another one of my favorite movies and one that I have talked about on Monster Kid Radio is the Bela Lugosi classic, Invisible Ghost. Again, we live in a time in which the Poverty Row horror movies are being treated with respect and getting proper Blu-ray releases. Invisible Ghost, it's hard to top this when it comes to Bela Lugosi's Poverty Row films. I mean, The Devil Bat's probably the best, but I really dig this one. And I think if you were to pick it up for somebody for the holidays, they're going to really appreciate it too. I've never talked about Edgar Wallace movies or stories on Monster Kid Radio, but that doesn't mean I don't watch a handful of them. Chamber of Horrors was released on Blu-ray, and it stars Leslie Banks, the man from The Most Dangerous Game, somebody who I need to pay more attention to, and I think Monster Kids really need to because he's a great actor, and this is a fun little movie. But that's an older film. We have a more recent film on The Gift Guide as well. This came out on Blu-ray here in the States this year. Shin Godzilla, the most recent Godzilla film. It came out of Japan. It was released theatrically, limited engagement here in the States, but it did big numbers in Japan. And it's a really unique film. It's a divisive film. It's not like any other Godzilla movie you've ever seen. And that, I think, sometimes drives some people away from it. But if you get past that, there's some really interesting things happening in the movie. It looks great. For a movie that has almost no rubber-suited monster action, it's all CGI. It holds up and it delivers. So I mentioned rubber suited. I mentioned CGI. Why don't we talk about some stop motion? Ray Harryhausen was the master and his movie, The Valley of Guanji, is now on Blu-ray as well, courtesy of Warner Brothers Archive. I think we're getting pretty darn close. If we haven't already hit this point, we're pretty darn close to having every Harryhausen film available on Blu-ray. Maybe we're already there. You'll have to let me know. But Valley of Guanji is one of the better ones. Richard Carlson's in the movie. Can't top that. You also can't top an incredible theme song, like the theme song from the next movie on the list. This is also from Warner Brothers Archives. The Green Slime is on Blu-ray. I'm not going to bother playing the trailer because just mentioning the Green Slime to a monster kid, you can already hear the music. That song, it's in your head right now, right? So from iconic music to, well, no music at all, a silent film, Metropolis has had one heck of a release on Blu-ray. This one is a Region B release. It was available in the UK. Limited edition. 
There are still some available as of this recording. I double-checked. Eureka put it out as part of their Masters of Cinema collection. It's a three-disc set, three different versions of the film, including a reconstruction, restored version of the movie using the footage that they found in South America not too long ago. They went through and they tried to clean it up as best as they possibly could, considering it was a 60 millimeter, basically work print. They did what they could to make it look great and insert it back into the film proper. The rest of the movie is crystal clear for a movie that's almost a hundred years old. You wouldn't know it. This transfer is fantastic. So you have that. You have the Metropolis release that most people are familiar with, as well as a version of the movie with a unique soundtrack. Not the rock and roll soundtrack from the, was it 80s, early 90s, but another soundtrack as well. I keep talking about how amazing it is that we live in an age where Blu-ray releases are being released with this movie or that movie. But we also live in an age in which Paul Nashi is finally getting his Blu-ray respect. There have been two collections released so far, the Paul Nashie Collection and, go figure, the Paul Nashie Collection 2 have both been released on Blu-ray. These are collections of, well, the Spanish Lon Chaney's films. This man is best known as the guy who played, uh, is it Valdemar? Is that his character? The werewolf's character? But he's done so much more than that. Horror Rises from the Tomb? Come on. It's a classic. A modern day classic, something that was shot and released last year. The Return of Sherlock Holmes from friend of the show, Joshua Kennedy. This is available on DVD now. The cover art is pretty cool. It's reminiscent of the poster art of the Billy Wilder Sherlock Holmes film, except it's Joshua Kennedy as Sherlock Holmes. And it's a fun little movie. It's two Sherlock Holmes stories kind of mashed together. And I know we talk about Kennedy, the director, quite a bit. But I think there's also plenty of room for conversations about Kennedy, the actor. He really nails it in this movie. And the direction is solid. And he got some great period locations while shooting this movie in modern-day New York. Coming from gooey films, an adventure like no other. From the mind of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Watson! The year is 1896, and Sherlock Holmes faces his most peculiar case yet. The Mystery of the Six Napoleons. Good, thank you. Come, Watson, the game is afoot. Joshua Kennedy as the master detective, a new and exciting Sherlock Holmes. I dare call nothing trivial, Watson, nothing. You'll remember how the dreadful case of the Abernethy family was first brought to my attention by the depth which, which the, the parsley, parsley had sunk into the butter on a hot day. Yes, yes, we all know what you did. Bessie Nellis, Dr. Watson's most beautiful portrayer. It is clear that the possession of this trifling bust was worth more in the eyes of our strange criminal than that of a human life. Jonathan Danziger as Inspector Lestrade, Amy Ziliacs as Mrs. Hudson, also starring a cavalcade of great talent. Jake Williams, Tracy Thomas, George Chapper, Michael Rosenfeld, Will McKinley, Mark Holmes. Yes, it's quite humorous if I do say so myself. Well, there it is. Return of Sherlock Holmes. See it in Gooey School. 
Now let's talk about collections one more time. There's another collection that's out right now. This is courtesy of Severn Films. It's the Amicus Collection. It's a three-movie collection with the movies Asylum, and now the screaming starts, and The Beast Must Die. The Beast Must Die is one of the coolest werewolf movies you're going to find because it asks you to help figure out who the werewolf is. Okay, it's a little corny, but it's corny in the best way because it's Peter Cushing. Can't go wrong with the Cushing. There was a Blu-ray release for a documentary that was released previously. I believe it came out last year as a streaming release called The Creep Behind the Camera. Actually, I called it a documentary. That's not really true. It's more of a docudrama. It looks at the production of the notorious film, The Creeping Terror. You know, the monster movie that has that giant carpet as a monster. It's ridiculously... um, a film and the creep behind the camera tells the story of how that movie was made and specifically looks at the director of the film. It is very well acted. I like the direction. They do bring in a few times actors and actresses from the original film, the creeping terror, and it's got a heck of a soundtrack. Now I mentioned this next movie uh, just recently here on the show because a listener of the show sent it to me attack of the puppet people. You can never go wrong with a John Agar film. That's all I have to say, right? I mentioned Mill Creek a little bit ago when I was talking about the Screaming Skull. I think people don't give Mill Creek enough credit these days because they've really graduated from just putting out these bargain basement collections of 50 movies on three DVDs. They've been putting out some solid work, and this year they released a triple feature, three films, Brotherhood of Satan, Torture Garden, and my favorite of the three, The Creeping Flesh. They're calling it the Psycho Circus Triple Feature. It's Blu-ray. It's Mill Creek. It's as good as these movies are ever going to look. And because it's Mill Creek, it's very affordable. Second ago, I mentioned Joshua Kennedy. I want to talk about another filmmaker that's a dear friend of the show, Christopher R. Mim. Longtime listeners of the show know that he puts out a new movie every year. And this year saw the release of his latest production, Demon with the Atomic Brain. For those of you who don't know, Christopher R. Mim has been making movies since 2000-something. He's been doing these movies Every year, there's at least 12 of them now, and they're all in the vein of the classic science fiction and horror movies of the 50s, with a bit of the 60s sprinkled in here and there when appropriate. Except he doesn't play it for laughs. Yeah, there's jokes in them, but these are serious stories. These are productions told in the vein of these movies without mocking these movies. They have fun with the films, but they don't treat the films as being nothing but funny. Does that make sense? Demon with the Atomic Brain is easily one of his best, and it branches away from a lot of what he's done in the past. If you look at his filmography, you look at things like The Giant Spider and say, oh, that's his giant bug movie. House of Ghosts, oh, that's his haunted house movie. What he's been doing lately is trying real hard to not make movies that fit so easily into those categories or sub-subgenres of the subgenre that we love so much. Demon with the Atomic Brain does have some of that science fiction-y, the invisible boy kind of elements to it. But it's its own thing. He's got some new actors in the mix, some old MIM veterans in the mix. I can't recommend this one enough. And if you are a fan of MIM, and if you're a fan of these low-budget monster movies, and you happen to be a fan of musicals, check out the Monster of Phantom Lake, the musical. They produced a musical based on Christopher R. MIM's very first film. There's a DVD of it now, and it's a very well edited and produced DVD. He recorded several performances of the musical itself, edited them all together to make it one smooth presentation for DVD. The music is fantastic. The songs are a lot of fun. You can also pick up the CD of the music, of the soundtrack, over the website. SaintEuphoria.com, by the way, is where you can find Christopher R. MIM's movies. 
Okay, I want to hop across the pond real quick. I'm going to go back to the UK because we've had some Hammer films released over there. Now, these are Region B releases, which means you've got to have that multi-region Blu-ray player. We saw Blu-ray releases of the movies Blood from the Mummy's Tomb, which is one of my personal favorites. Fear in the Night, which is easily in my top 10 of Hammer films. Top 10 Peter Cushing performances. Scars of Dracula. Can't go wrong with Christopher Lee. And Demons of the Mind. These are Blu-rays that are put out by Studio Canal, which means you typically get at least a short making of of the movies themselves. And they're pretty affordable. I've picked up a handful of Studio Canal Blu-rays over the years. I don't have any of these yet. But bringing them over here, it doesn't cost that much. But again, like I said earlier, if you're going to buy anything overseas over in the UK, you want to do it sooner rather than later because the Royal Mail, you want to make sure you get your packages in time to wrap them up and give them away for the holidays. There's also a Hammer collection that was released over in the UK as well. They call it the Hammer Fear Warning Volume 1. It's got four films on it. Maniac, Fanatic, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, and one of my favorites, The Gorgon. The last movie I want to talk about again available over in the UK is The Incredible Shrinking Man, the original film, Blu-ray release from Arrow Video. Arrow Video you can't go wrong with Aero Video. They pack so many special features and so much care into their releases. And honestly, listeners, I just lost my train of thought because my wife just did something special over here that may or may not have involved mistletoe. So just, just happy holidays. Let's take a break and I'll come back for some more items from the gift guide. <laughs> for something different. Let me show you a few of my latest listings. Now here's a lovely piece of unimproved property. A small plot in a quiet neighborhood. Just waiting for the right couple. Maybe you. Uh, this costs more money, of course, but it's guaranteed to last you a lifetime, and then some. Now if you're not afraid of something a little out of the ordinary, and you're in the market for an old, dark house, especially designed by Charles Adams, I've got just the thing for you. The old dark house. Why don't you drop in? Hello. May I introduce a friend of Casper's, Mr. Pendrell? Such a surprise to find he had a friend. We're having you for dinner. <laughs> Delicious. You'll find you can't help getting all choked up when you meet the lovable family that owns this place. <laughs> Roderick, not pretty, but not nice either. Cecily, on the other hand, both pretty and nice. Something terrible is happening here. You've got to leave before the others find out. The others? Who are the others? Well, there's Aunt Agatha, who loves knitting, surrounded by a raft of wool-gathering relatives. Someone really needled her. Must have been murder. She always knitted so carefully. Morgana, one of the better built-in features of the property. Don't you have any boyfriends? I always had to be home by 12 o'clock. Well, things were just getting started, and 
prepared to stop? An interesting pair of knickknacks, Casper and Jasper. Dead ringers for one another. You're, you're there, and you're dead. An innocent visitor who came by accident and by accident is still alive. We're proud to offer this unusual property, but we'll have to admit it's murder to run. We'll be available for occupancy as soon as present tenants are exterminated. Agar is the nice-looking young man, introduced by John Hoyt to pretty June Kenny. And when boy meets girl, well, they do what comes naturally. But the loss of love has made this mild-mannered man into a maniac. A maniac who wants to make you a plaything. And the fear-awesome fact is, he knows how to do it. friend. How would you like to be a living doll? This madman can do with as he pleases. A monster, his own woman, had reason to flee. See, the world that the child in each of us knows. See, a baby doll take a bubble bath in a coffee can. What are you talking about? Sally. Tell her. He said that tonight, he said tonight he was going to kill us all. It only takes one of us to go for help. Feel the fantastic fear of living in a normal world but being dwarfed by people many times your size. We like horror hosts here on Monster Kid Radio, and I think most Monster Kids love their horror hosts as well. And I just want to mention a couple that have online stores that you can go and shop for your favorite Monster Kid for the holidays. Penny Dreadful's Shilling Shockers. You can find them at shillingshockers.com. There's a link there to her shop. Takes you to an Etsy store where you can buy movies and other material and merchandise from this Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Award-winning horror host. Somebody else who's won a Rondo for being a horror host is dear friend of the show, Dr. Gang Green. Go check him out at drganggreen.com. He's got a few items available for sale as well, including a CD and some DVDs of him hosting some episodes of One Step Beyond. A lot of fun. Sammy Terry also has a shop, sammyterry.com. I've never seen any Sammy Terry myself outside of what Scott Morris has sent me. Sammy Terry is more Scott's horror host, Indiana-based, and he's a lot of fun. Of course, Sven Gulli. Everybody knows Sven Gulli. He's got a nationwide show right now on MeTV. There's a store for Sven Gulli over at store.metv.com. 
I think the action figure of Svengoolie himself is sold out, but you can still at least get a t-shirt. I don't know how big the sizes go, but they don't go big enough for me. But hopefully they go big enough for the Monster Kid that you're shopping for this season. And finally, I want to talk about Midnight Mausoleum, Robin Graves and Marlena Midnight, some of the hardest working horror hosts in the business. They are still doing their thing after, oh man, they started during the MySpace days. And they have made so many of their movies and presentations available for sale over at midnightmausoleum.bigcartel.com. Midnight is spelled M-I-D-N-I-T-E and then mausoleum.bigcartel.com. I'll make sure there's a link in the gift guide over at monsterkidradio.net for all of this. You know, so we're talking about horror hosts. Let's talk about another one, Elvira. Elvira's got a couple of things that you might enjoy this year. There is a Funko Rock candy figure of Elvira. This was actually recommended to me by Nikki Giallo, who is the wife of Justin Giallo, friend of the show. This is not a Funko Pop figure. The Funko Rock candy figures are more proportional figures. It's not just a big head and a little body. They're more... Uh, well, like I said, proportionate, I suppose, but they're still adorable. Also, Elvira has a holiday ornament. You can get one in black or red over at tweeterhead.com. Speaking of ornaments, I want to talk about some other ornaments that I recently found online. I would love to put these on my Christmas tree. Twilight Zone Christmas ornaments. There are three. One is inspired by the episode To Serve Man. One is inspired by the episode Nick of Time. And then the other one, and this is the coolest one, I think, it's the nurse from Eye of the Beholder. These are available over at middleofbeyond.com. Okay, I'm not sure what that interference is. Well, give me a second. of intrigue, adventure, and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. This is Dark Adventure Radio Theater, featuring your host, Creighton Cobb. Today's episode, H.P. Lovecraft's The Rats in the Walls. It's Dark Adventure Radio Theater. This is the radio drama that the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society produces. There are so many episodes that they put out to this past year that you can pick up yourself right now. The Rats in the Walls, which is what we're playing a little bit of, as well as The Haunter of the Dark. The Haunter of the Dark has some of the best music I've heard in any of their Dart or Dark Adventure Radio Theater productions. You can also download for free their adaptation of an Edgar Allan Poe story, The Facts in the Case of M. Valdemar. That's free. The CDs, they're $19.99. And the CDs are more than just audio. They're also packed with props. The H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society started as a live-action role-playing game group. They produced props inspired by Lovecraft's works, and each CD of the Dark Adventure Radio Theater series has tickets, newspaper clippings. One of them has a food item. Okay, that's really not the CD. That's the deluxe Brotherhood of the Beast set. But there's a food item in there. There is one CD that has a bit of snakeskin that the characters find 
uh, having to do with some like voodoo stuff going on. It's really neat. The kind of work and care they've put into creating this kind of meta tale, this meta storytelling or transmedia storytelling. They gave us permission to play a little bit of the rats in the walls on this gift guide episode of monster kid radio. So I'll play a little bit more and then we'll be right back and we'll wrap up. There you are, Sir William. Oh, you look well prepared. Here, let me take one of the searchlights. Oh, they're heavy. Batteries. This is just a preliminary survey expedition, but it's vital that we have good illumination if we're going to find what's under that altar. Everyone ready? Yes, Yes, indeed. Now, Wakefield, don't you lock that door. No, sir. We'll be standing by. Lead the way, Pluto. Captain Norris, would you be so good as to set your light there? A bit to the right. Yes, right there. I'll do my best to map out the room and document the positions of the various altars. I'll need to establish a datum point. I'll take advantage of this light to get some rubbings of these inscriptions. I can correlate them with the others I have back at Trent. Santa Claus conquers the Martians! Santa sets up a fantastic automatic toy factory on Mars. The Martian leader battles the wicked Bodar in a desperate effort to save Santa, the wise man of Mars. 900 years old. The Battle of the Toys, when Martian kids and Earth kids join Santa to battle the bad guys of Mars. For real space-age fun, you'll be out of this world when Santa Claus conquers the Martians. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I want to thank you for checking us out and downloading the show and making us part of your holidays this year. I hope the Holiday Gift Guide provided you with some amazing ideas to hook your favorite Monster Kids up with this holiday season. Let me know what you think. Are there any items that I missed? Anything that you would recommend for your own Monster Kid Holiday Gift Guide? Drop me an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or send me a voicemail at 503-479-5657. That's 503-4795-MKR. I guess you don't send a voicemail, you leave a voicemail. So call and leave me a voicemail or, like I said, drop me an email. I'm going to make sure there are show notes available over at monsterkidradio.net highlighting everything that we've talked about on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. It's going to be a lot. And if everything works, fingers and tentacles crossed, there's even going to be a PDF available to download. In this PDF, if you click on any of the links, if they take you to Amazon or Amazon UK, if you purchase through these links... I get a small bit of kickback from Amazon. There are links through our Amazon affiliate program, which I don't really talk too much about here on the show because I don't do a lot with it, but we do have an Amazon store and I set up links for all of these to go through that. So buying them there, we get, I don't know, a couple of pennies here and there per disc. Every little bit helps. If you go to any of the retailers that I mentioned, like that's Terry Riffick or Dr. Tongue's I Had That Shop, let them know that you heard about them on Monster Kid Radio. 
What's coming up next week on Monster Kid Radio? I already mentioned it. I have a recording coming up with Chris McMillan. We're going to talk about the movie Kaltiki. It's a classic. It is the greasier, uglier, older cousin of The Blob. And it's a great film. It looks really good now that it's on Blu-ray, courtesy of Arrow. If I didn't convince you to pick it up for somebody in this episode of Monster Kid Radio next week's, I think, will convince you to put it in everybody's Christmas stocking. It's really good. So Chris is going to be back for that. Also next week, I'll be announcing what's coming up later on in December as well. I'll put out a graphic showing the schedule for the rest of the month. And finally, and you know how hard it's been to sit on this? Timothy Price is starting something new called the Monster Kid Chronicles. It's a collection of stories of about being a monster kid in the 70s. The first story is called They're Coming to Get You, Timmy, and he has put it together as a fully produced audio production. We're going to be playing that here exclusively on Monster Kid Radio next week. If you're a user of Facebook, join the group and like the page. If you're a user of iTunes, please consider giving us an honest review in the iTunes store. Thank you for all of your support, sharing the show with your friends, retweeting the tweets and sharing the posts on Facebook. Really appreciate it. Also appreciate the band, The Men in Gray Suits, which you can find at themenandgraysuits.bandcamp.com. They let us play their music on this week's episode of Monster Kid Radio, which, by the way, is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the Dark Adventure Radio Theater material. That belongs to the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. And then the song from The Men in Gray Suits, the song is Clickety Snarl Snar. It's from their album Panic at the Pier. They call themselves Montreal's loudest and hardest-hitting surf band. Check them out, buy their album, and... Find out for yourself. My name is Derek M. Cook. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao. And happy holidays. <laughs>